Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Chapter 19, and starting in verse 15. And tonight I, I titled this um, message, What Do You Want? Amen? What do you want? But first of all, let's look at First Kings chapter 19. And the Lord said to him, Go back the way you came. And here he's talking about Elijah. And he's telling him to go back to where you came and go to the desert of Damascus. And when you get there, anoint Haziel king over Aram and also anoint Jehu, son of Mishi, king over Israel and anoint Elijah, son of Saphat, from Abel Misholah to succeed you as prophet. Verse 17, so... Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Haziel, and Elijah will put to death any who escaped the sword from Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel who have, whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouth have not kissed him. Amen. Now let's jump into 2 Kings chapter 2. Let's turn to 2 Kings chapter 2, we're starting in verse 1. And when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elijah were on their way to Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elijah, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elijah said, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elijah and said and asked, Do you know, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? He said, Yes, I know, Elijah replied, but do not speak of it. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elijah. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as I live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elijah and asked him, Do you not know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, but do not speak of it. Verse 6, Then Elijah 
said to him, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as I, as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men at the company of the prophets went and stood at the distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it, and the water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elijah replied. Verse 10, what you have asked is the difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, not. And as they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire of horses and a fire appeared and separated the two of them. Elijah went up into heaven in a whirlwind. And Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took up his, then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them apart and picked up the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and went back and stood at the bank of the Jordan. Verse 14, then he took the cloak that had fallen from him and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. Amen. Amen. We look at these two men, the prophet Elijah, and here, we, as we read in First Kings, God tells Elijah to go and pray and anoint Elijah, because he's going to take your place, because Elijah was going to be taken up. And here, as they're journeying along, and every time Elijah would tell Elijah, stay here, stay here. But he would reply, as the Lord lives and as you live, I will surely not. I'm going to follow you wherever you go. And one thing is that we have to understand is that uh, somebody's going to be discipling you. Whether it's the pastor or a leader or just a brother or sister in the Lord, somebody's going to be discipling you. And the thing that the Lord wants you to realize is that here, a lot of times we'll, we'll, we'll stumble or we'll fall or uh, here uh, somebody will tell you, well, just wait, stay behind. But Elijah, he, he, he would not stay behind. He would not go back. He would not go back. So now I want to look back at, at 1 Kings 19. And I'm sure many of you might have heard, like I believe it was at our conference here, and one of the, the pastors had ministered about how Elijah had taken taken uh, the oxen and, and slaughtered the oxen and took all the material that was used for, for plowing and he burnt it up to, to, to uh, cook the, the oxen on a, on a fire. So I want to read this portion 
in verse 19, it says, so Elijah went from there and found Elijah, the son of Saphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw the cloak around him. Elijah then left his oxen and ran to Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye. And he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? Verse 21, so Elijah left him, went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment. He, took the, he cooked the meat and gave it to the people. They ate, and then he set out to follow Elijah and became his attendant. In other words, he dropped everything. He made sure that he had no way of going back to doing what he was going to do. He was not going to go back to plowing the fields. He wasn't going to go back to that old way of life. He made sure that he, he, he slaughtered the oxen. He took all the plowing equipment, and he burned the fire, and he cooked the meat, and he gave the meat to all the people that were there, and he left and followed Elijah. A lot of times, you know, we've called, and a lot of us might have been spoken to over the conference, and, and here God has spoken to us, God has ministered to us, and, and, and there was a special calling on our lives, whether it was to, to preach or to teach or, or just to be a steward in the house of God, to be an usher or an usherette. It doesn't matter what it was. The thing is, is that God has called us to do something. And here we see Elijah was called, and here he does, he, he didn't even know this was going to happen. All he knew is that, that here Elijah came over, he wrapped his cloak around him, and he put an anointing upon him that was from the Lord, the God, and, and, and he, he immediately made a decision. A lot of times, a lot of us, we don't want to make a decision with what God has given us. We want to make excuses. We want to run away. We want to hide. Oh, it's not for me. Some of us will even leave the church where we're at because we don't want to hear God speaking to us anymore. It's, it, it's fact. It's known fact. If you've been around for a while, you'll see people were here and they're not here. But God has spoken over their lives. And here we see Elijah, he's, he's got an anointing upon him now, but yet he's his, his disciple of Elijah. A disciple. That doesn't mean that, well, I'm, I got it all together. No, I'm learning. We're all learning. I don't care how long you've been saved. We're learning. We're being taught. We're being discipled. We're being taught and, and preached at to learn what God wants for our lives, to be ready in position for what he has for us. And here, this is exactly what Elijah was doing. He was allowing God to move in his life. But here, we, as we look at 2 Kings chapter 2, and here, when Elijah's taken up, and before he's taken up, he asked Elijah, what do you want of me? What do you want? Has anybody, what do you want? What do you want? See, God is wanting to know, what do you want? You have an anointing on your lives. Each and every one of you has a special anointing. Each and every one of you has the Holy Spirit in your life. But you know something? 
It's not going to do you any good if you're not moving and allowing God to show you what to do with what you have. One thing that Elijah realized is he saw what God was doing in Elijah's life. And he wanted more. You know, we sing that song, I want more, I want more. I want my own fire, I want my own flame. But do we really take that liturgy and apply it to our lives? You know what? We say we want it, we talk about it, but we don't do anything. But this man, he, he turned around and told Elijah, I want what you have, but I don't want just what you have. I don't want just what my pastor has. I don't want what my pastor Maria has. I want more. I want more of what you have because I want to establish my own flame. I want to establish my own fire with the Lord. And that's what it's all about, church. We, 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 we don't want to do any more than we have to. We, oh, wait a minute. That's not for me. God, don't talk to me. I don't want to hear it. But God is wanting us to realize that he's wanting more for your lives. And here Elijah wanted something more. He didn't want just what Elijah had. And here Elijah was doing great works for the Lord, for God. And, and, and he had his faults, he had his troubles, he had his uh, uh, difficulties and, and understanding what the people were doing. And, 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 and they were falling away to, to Baal worship. And here, this is right after that, that God is using him. And he tells him, all right, now you're going to have to anoint two other kings. And you're going to need to anoint Elijah to take your place as a prophet. Because he's going to be taking him away. What would happen if God turns around and took your pastor from you? What would you do? What would you do? Hasn't he not taught you something? Haven't you not learned something from him? From him? You're close to him. You're his son. Hasn't he imparted things in your life? Hasn't he shown you things? Hasn't God shown you things through him? But the thing is, is we can come to church and come to church and sit here and sit here and sit here. But are you really grasping a hold of what God has for your life? I've been saved for over 40 years, and guess what? I, I still haven't got where I need to be. And one thing is that I understand by what God has shown me, and here God hasn't changed what he's given me to give you tonight, and it's been on my heart for these last several weeks, and I was out in the, in, in the forest uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I woke up in the middle of the night just thinking about this message. And it hasn't changed. God hasn't changed it. Because one thing that God doesn't change, but he changes us. He transforms us. He shapes us and molds us in what he wants us to be, not what I want to be. So every time Elijah was telling him, stay here, stay here. And he says, wait, I can't, I, I'm not going to go back. And I made sure I can't go back. He butchered the oxen. He burned the wood. 
he made sure he had no equipment left to go back to. That field's going to stay there, and I'm not entering it no more. A lot of times it's that we try to go back to what we left because we're holding on to something. Instead of doing what Elisha did, he got rid of everything so he could not go back. A lot of times we're trying to hold on to something so we can go back. It's like when we have an altar call and people come up to the altar and they drop their drugs or their, their cigarettes or their, their habits or their alcohol and they surrender it to God and they leave the church and right away before they leave the church they want to take it back because they didn't really want to let go. And God has wanted us to let go of our old life, let go of our past, let go of the things that we were brought up into. A lot of times is we don't want to let go of religion. We don't want to let go of, of our attitudes. We don't want to let go of our jobs. We don't want to let go of our families. But here, this man says, let me go back and kiss my mom and dad, and I'm going to follow you. Will we follow our pastor? Will we follow those that are teaching us? Will we follow those that are instructing us? Will we listen to what they have to say to us? And it needs to line up with the Word of God. It can't be what I want to teach or what I want to preach to them. It has to be the Word of God. And here he saw that Elijah had a relationship with God. He didn't have a relationship with the world. He didn't have a relationship with those that were serving and worshiping Baal. And so we have to go forward. God doesn't want you just to walk with him. He wants you to be filled with him. And that's what Elijah wanted. He says, I want the spirit of the Lord upon me, but I don't want just what Elijah had. I want a double portion. I want more than enough. And the thing is, is that how many of us will want to ask God for more than enough. Are you satisfied with where you're at? Are you satisfied with your walk with the Lord? Are you satisfied with what you're doing? Are you doing anything at all? Are you just maintaining space? Well, well, think about the brother that always used to say, well, well, but you know something? That could be pretty deep. But if you don't jump in, how are you going to know how deep it is? God doesn't want you to just to go in a little bit. Well, I'm just going to get my toes wet. Or I'll just go up to my, my, my ankle. And then maybe I might go to my knees. No, he says, I want you to go into the water all the way to where it's so full so overwhelming that you have to jump in and realize that it's a river overflowing in your life. The whole, that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives is he wants us to be overwhelmed with him. And that's one thing Elijah wanted. He wanted more. He wanted more. I don't want just what you have, Elijah. I want a double portion. And Elijah told him, well, if you see me when I'm taken up, it'll happen. And, and, and we read the story here, 
And it, and it tells us that the cloak that Elijah had fell in front of Elijah. And he picks it up. And he goes to the Jordan and he strikes the Jordan and the waters parted to the left and to the right. He already received what he asked for. What do you want? What do you want? Are you getting what God wants for your life? Are you still searching? Are you still searching? God doesn't want you to search. He wants you to know that he's right here for you. You don't have to go anywhere else to get what he has for you. He's already spoken over your life. He's already told you what he's wanting you to do. He's already shown you what he's wanting you to do. He's already asked you if you'll do it for me. And a lot of us will put it aside. We'll put it on the shelf and we'll just let it sit there and say, no, let somebody else, let somebody else take it. I want to finish up tonight and... Let's turn to the book of Acts, chapter 2. I don't have a long message because this is all that God has really given me. It's all about what do you want. Here, Acts, chapter 2, and it says, in verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound that was blown of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house. And they were all sitting, and they were sitting. They, sa- they saw that seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Amen. They were waiting. They were anticipating that God was going to do something in their lives, and they didn't know what they were going to expect. They didn't know what they were going to receive. But they were waiting and waiting and waiting because God, the Lord told them to wait here. Wait here. But a lot of times God is telling us to wait somewhere and we want to move. Because here, if we get impatient. I'm not going to wait for you anymore, God, because you didn't do it when I wanted you to do it. You didn't move when I wanted you to move. A lot of times we pray to God, says, God, move in our situation. Move, uh, uh, we need some healing in our family members. We need uh, somebody to understand what you, what you want to do in their lives. And, 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 and the thing is, is that we don't want to wait. It's too difficult for me to wait on you, Lord. I'm going to do it my way. And you know, when we do it our way, we end up in the highway, the byways. And we end up going on the wrong road because we end up giving up on God. And here these these people, these brothers and sisters, they waited on God. They waited on the Holy Spirit to touch their lives, to fill their lives. And they made a change. They made a difference in their lives. They were transformed and renewed. and, And they went out to do a great work for the Lord because they waited. Because they wanted what God had for their lives. Are we willing to ask God, what do you want? See, you you have to be the one that has to ask. God's going to give you everything that you need, but are you wanting to go along with what God has for your life and what he has planned for you? 
Are you going to ask him, what do you want? What do you want? Elijah told Elijah, this is what I want. I want a double portion. Elijah said, Elijah said to him, if you see me be taken up, it'll happen. But a lot of times we, we don't want to wait on God because we don't want to see it happen. Every time Elijah told him, wait here, wait here. But he says, as the Lord God lives and as you live, I'm going where you're at. I'm not leaving you. I'm not going to depart from you. I'm not going back to my old life. I'm not going back to that plow field. I don't have no oxen anymore. I don't have no wood anymore because I burned it all up and I cooked the meat. But what what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? They were in the upper room and they waited with anticipation because they wanted what God had promised them, the Holy Spirit. Each and every one of us, when we get saved, we have that Holy Spirit living and residing in our lives. And the only time that Holy Spirit is going to leave you is because of you falling in sin. But what are you doing with what you have? What do you want? What do you want God to do in your life? What do you want God to show you? If he's already called you to do something, what are you doing about it? Are you putting it to action? Where is your faith? He says, you want to cross over, but you don't want to cross over with the Lord. Oh, I'm gonna, he told us that when we cross over, you're not going to know which way to go because you haven't been there before. Are you going to listen to what God has for you? That reminds me of, of um, back in 1 Kings, I believe it is. First Kings 19, verse 11, and I'm going to start with, The Lord said, Go out and stand at the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After, and after the fire came a gentle whisper. A gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Amen. We're looking for the Lord, but we're looking in the wrong place. When we call upon the Lord and ask him for what, what we want, he's going to speak to us in a quiet whisper, he says. A lot of times we're expecting, well, it's going to come from the pulpit. No, God could use anybody. He can use somebody out in the street to tell you what you need to hear. 
It could be a backslider. It could be somebody that's serving the Lord, but he can use anybody. Will you be open to hear what he has to say to you? Because this is how God is. God, God, we can't figure him out. He can, he knows us. He can figure us out though. He knows how to reach us. He knows how to speak to us. He knows how to get our attention. What do you want? What do you want? Amen. So tonight, ask yourself. But don't just ask yourself what you want. You got you got to call out to him. You got to call out to God. Says God, this is what I want. Elijah, when he was asked, Elijah, when he was asked by Elijah, he says, "What do you want of me?" No, he's asking God. This is what I want from you, Lord. I want a double portion of what Elijah has. I don't want just what he has. I want more. Are you satisfied with what you have, or do you want more? Because if you ask God for it, he's going to give it to you. If you're just sitting around and doing nothing what he's given you, you then you're not really wanting what he's got, got for you in your life. You're not really wanting what he's got planned out for you in your life. You're not really willing to go and do what he's got for you for your life because you're sitting on it and doing nothing. You have to wait and hear from him and not do it your way. They waited in the upper room because they wanted more. What do you want? What do you want? Tonight, what do you want? Tonight, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have to call upon him. You have to call upon the Lord. Many of you are here, and I look around, and, you're, and I've known most of you, but just because you're here doesn't mean that you know the Lord. Mm-hmm.